The Medical Device Innovation Safety and Security Consortium, or MDIS, recently launched the first of more than one dozen planned device security testing labs. So what will these new MDIS World Health Information Security Testing Labs, or WHISTLE, facilities do? I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor of Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Dale Nordenberg, Executive Director of MDIS, and Benjamin Esslinger, a Biomedical Equipment Manager and Clinical Engineer at Eskenazi Health in Indiana. Dale and Ben will describe what the goals are for these new whistle facilities in terms of improving medical device cybersecurity. So now, Dale, for starters, would you briefly describe what these new whistle facilities are and what sorts of services will they provide in terms of medical device cybersecurity? We've been speaking with healthcare systems and manufacturers, very stakeholders of the medical device cybersecurity ecosystem for now nearly eight years. And in the recent 12 to 18 months, it's become increasingly clear that healthcare systems have a need and a desire to be executing active testing of medical devices penetration testing and and other types of interrogations such as that. We felt at this time it was very important that we work with the healthcare systems to develop standard operating procedures and best practices for how they could interrogate these devices, but not only how they interrogate the devices, but also how they would manage the coordinated disclosure of any vulnerabilities that they might discover. So the Whistle Laboratory Network really is about bringing together the community of healthcare systems and other stakeholders that are interested in consensus-based development of standard operating procedures for interrogation devices, training and education of the staff of these hospitals, building capacity for the workforce on how to do this, understanding how to report through coordinated disclosure, as well as the whole notion of researching and discovering vulnerabilities. So the desired outcomes and the benefit is really multifactorial. It's important to recognize each lab is owned and operated by the the individual or independent entity, but they are leveraging, in essence, the standard operating procedures that are consensus-based coming from MDIS, as well as its partnership with the National Health Information Sharing and Analysis Center, or NHIS. So, Ben, what is your role with the Whistle Labs, and how will these labs help in terms of your perspective from a healthcare system organization deal with medical device cybersecurity? So, my role with the World Health Information Security Testing Laboratories is the oper- help with the operational guide. So I've been working with Matt Domino at my organization on the version 1.0. We're working on best practices to test the medical devices for the vulnerabilities that may not be out in the open for us as healthcare technology managers from the manufacturer's disclosed documents when we procure devices. So how it will help is that we can actually intrusively test the devices and identify what vulnerabilities and risks are presented to our organization in the current lifecycle management of those devices. The test regimes that will be used in the Whistle Laboratory with the coordinated disclosure will allow us to work as a community. And similar to the MDRAP Medical Device Risk Assessment Platform, we have adopted at Eskenazi We are working as a community to get risk assessments completed within our organizations, and the whistle laboratories will allow us to more intrusively test those devices 
and work through that coordinated disclosure with the manufacturer to allow us to try and remediate and harden the devices that are currently on our networks and directly impacting our patients. So by doing this, we will be able to improve our patient care as a whole. So now, Dale, you mentioned that these are independent sort of entities. Who will be operating these facilities? Will they be, for instance, operated within a large healthcare system? Are these separate facilities that are actually being leased or built? And, you know, the equipment and medical devices that get tested, you know, how does that work? Do, you know, the organizations kind of bring these things in? Do the medical device manufacturers donate for the testing? How, how does this actually work? So each lab will determine the level of sophistication and the associated level of equipment that would be necessary to operate a laboratory. So the idea is that the standard operating procedures will allow different levels of laboratory and different levels of capability, different levels of staffing. So there might be some hospitals that will like a laboratory that Maybe it stands up as needed and they have the protocols and they'll interrogate a device, you know, once a month or once a quarter. We fully anticipate other enterprises that will have large, complex, and comprehensive laboratories. They may have 10 or 15 or 20 plus devices that are always integrated in a medical device network that's associated with an electronic health record system and EHR system where they've created an innovation lab and a sandbox, and that they would be testing perhaps devices on a weekly basis. And these devices may come from manufacturers. They may come from uh, devices that they're in the process of retiring. It may come from devices that they're in the process of evaluating for purchase. So each lab can configure their lab to suit their needs, and then the information would be shared through the network in a responsible and coordinated way vis-a-vis any any discoveries of vulnerabilities. So, Ben, from your perspective, coming from a healthcare organization, what sorts of testing do you think is necessary for healthcare organizations to be doing with these medical devices that are in their environments to sort of figure out how safe they are in terms of patient data privacy, but also patient safety? Organizations, healthcare delivery organizations in general, we quickly with the EHR adoptions are taking devices and quickly connecting them to the network to be able to aggregate data from the medical device to the EMR system. In doing so, we didn't necessarily approach medical devices from a security standpoint during that effort just due to the magnitude of the project. So in about a year or two year time when somebody does integrate devices, we can go from half of what we, we had connected to, in our organization, 4,500 devices. And so what happens is, is we have all of these devices and cybersecurity as a whole is a large concept and medical devices in the past haven't necessarily been at risk. So where we are today is trying to identify what are those vulnerabilities. It's not reinventing the wheel on security. It's more approaching a medical device as a whole to identify those risks and vulnerabilities. And by by utilizing things like the community within Whistle and testing devices, we will identify what those hardening efforts will be. Within my organization, I can say that our physiologic monitoring system being a standard medical manufacturer representation within our organization, we need to approach this because it will impact us as a whole if we are impacted by an exploit or some sort of attack on a medical device. And so the whistle laboratory will allow us to reduce our risk. 
So as vulnerabilities or any other security issues might be discovered through the work of the labs, this information will then be communicated with the industry in general to other healthcare organizations or to the medical device makers for them to then sort of alert the industry. How do you foresee this working, Dale? The medical device manufacturer and the healthcare system communities, including the FDA, other government agencies, other stakeholders have been really thinking about and exercising the way vulnerabilities are disclosed, meaning how do you share a medical device vulnerability once it's been identified? There are a number of issues. One is who's identified the vulnerability? Is it an independent researcher? Is it a hospital staff person? Is it a manufacturer? And then what do you do once you discover the vulnerability? That process of evaluating the vulnerability to validate whether or not it is a patient safety related vulnerability or is it a network vulnerability or is it maybe a feature that can simply be you know an issue of configuration any participating whistle lab will comply with standards and best practices around coordinated disclosure so once a whistle lab identifies a vulnerability they will comply with the Whistle Lab standard non-disclosure policies and the coordinated disclosure policies that are based on best practices and other standards. In general, the vulnerabilities will be shared with MD Viper, the medical device vulnerability intelligence program for evaluation and response. This is a jointly operated activity between NHISAC and MDIS. The specific vulnerability won't be immediately released, but the general public will be aware that there is a vulnerability being evaluated, and that vulnerability will first be evaluated by the manufacturer, and then the manufacturer will share that vulnerability as appropriate with ICS and or the FDA. Once the evaluation is completed, then the, the last part of the coordinated disclosure process will occur, and then the general public will be notified at the right time. In terms of participation at the whistle facilities, do you see mostly healthcare organizations being part of the testing, or is it the medical device makers that will also be part of this? We hope that the whistle labs will attract a diverse community of participants. Again, each lab will be unique in certain ways. There'll be some labs that will be large spaces with large numbers of devices, and they may be more conducive to multi-stakeholder participation. But the more stakeholders we have engaged vis-a-vis the manufacturers and the healthcare system specifically, I think the, the faster and smarter we can be about understanding how to evaluate and how to operate these devices, as well as how to design next-generation devices that have improved safety features. One important consideration is that all of the work of the Whistle Labs will be fully integrated with the efforts of the NHI Second MDIS communities around the National Cyber Health Safety Network. And this is that robust cyber information sharing network that includes risk assessments, threat intelligence, malware incidents on devices by model, bill of materials, and the like, which will be this data commons for public health. So the Whistle Labs will be operated by members of this community and will also include sharing of that data with this greater national cyber health safety network. 
And Dale, as we know, often we've seen medical device vulnerabilities be identified by, you know, the so-called security researchers, the so-called, you know, white hat hackers, ethical hackers. How do you see them fitting into this? Is there a role for them? Or do you see perhaps any sort of collaboration with any of those sorts of individuals with the labs? Absolutely, Marianne. And in fact, if you look at the press release, we had a quote from Billy Rios, from Mike Amadi, and that we've actively reached out to a number of medical device researchers to have them review the standard operating procedures that Ben and Matt are helping to develop. We would encourage them to meet with one or more labs to help develop and to test our methodologies of interrogation, but also to come to the labs and participate on research for the devices. So the more the manufacturers, the researchers, the white hat hackers, the hospitals work together, the better these relationships evolve and the better for the patients. Thanks, Dale. And thanks, Ben. I've been speaking to Dale Nordenberg and Ben Esslinger. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.